I'm Jim Cameron of Jim Cameron Consulting, broadcasting from the Fountainhead, the home of Synergy Billing in Holly Hill, and I'm your host for Volusia Matters, a program that delves into the latest in Volusia's governmental and political issues. Now, this show will include interviews with city and county as well as school board officials, members of our legislative and congressional delegations, and other members in the political community on a variety of topics. But everything will focus on matters that impact Volusia, directly or indirectly. Now let's get started with some news. I was in Tallahassee this past week, and here are some of the bills that were approved or are moving in the House and Senate. House Bill 5, Economic Programs. This is a priority House bill that eliminates Enterprise Florida and their duties would be transferred to the Department of Economic Opportunity. Now Visit Florida and Florida Sports Foundation may enter into separate agreements with DEO to continue existing programs and activities. This is on the Appropriations Committee agenda next week where Representative Tom Leake is chair. Now there's no Senate companion to this bill. Another item, House Resolution 31, partisan elections for school board candidates. This is a constitutional amendment requiring school board members to be elected in partisan elections. This was passed by the House representatives Barnaby, Leake, McLean, and Tremont voted yes. This now goes to the Senate. Senate Bill 444, District School Board Elections, says that an elected school board candidate must reside in the school board district by the date they assume office instead of upon qualifying for office. Now this is on the Senate Education Committee agenda next week. Senator Hudson is a member. House Bill 543, Public Safety. This is pertaining to firearms. It's the Constitutional Carry Bill, which strengthens the right to self-defense by recognizing the right of any law-abiding 21-year-old adult legally eligible to obtain a carry permit, carry a handgun, without obtaining government permission. This ensures the right to self-defense without red tape, delays, or fees. This passed the Senate, 2713. Senators Hudson and Wright voted yes. Volusia County government will receive $328 million in community development block grant disaster recovery funds from the U.S. Department of Housing and Urban Development, HUD. And with us is Volusia County Manager George Rechtenwall, 
who will explain the details about this grant. This is a grant that uh, comes out often in uh, uh, severely affected areas uh, after hurricanes uh, or other devastating um, natural disasters uh, from the federal government. Uh, this is by far the largest we've ever received. Uh, my understanding is it's not the largest that went to a Florida county. I think uh, Lee County got over a billion uh, dollars in their grant. But uh, we had $328 million. This money is for uh, to go primarily to help with disaster-affected uh, housing, uh, especially workforce housing, low-income housing. And it works a lot like a uh, community development block grant normally does. It's a grant process. This is something that has to go out into the community. There'll be public meetings. Uh, we have a fairly short uh, uh, time frame that we have to get out. We have to get input from uh, the public, the cities, uh, so that we can uh, put together a plan that would be submitted back to the federal government for approval. Uh, it's not something that uh, any one person or one individual, one organization can do. It has to be a community effort, and we will put that together and be out in the community soon with uh, sessions to uh, get input. Uh, this is for the entire county, meaning in the cities and in the county together. So uh, the cities will uh, be a large portion uh, of the plan, of the spending plan. Uh, this plan, uh, this money does also allow for a certain percentage, uh, but not the majority, but a certain percentage can be used also for uh, uh, infrastructure to support uh, this housing. So there were uh, maybe a road or utilities or something affected or affected access uh, to whatever we put together, whether it's rehabilitate housing that's already there or rebuild, uh, tear down, rebuild, um, or, or work with uh, other, like I say, other developments that uh, maybe a, a portion of their development could be. Uh, used for uh, low income or uh, workforce housing. Well, George, we sure appreciate that information and look forward to those community meetings. Anything that we can do to help get the word out on those, be glad to. Well, I appreciate Jim. I appreciate all you do for getting uh, the word out amongst the community and we'll be, uh, you'll be hearing uh, quite a bit about it here in the coming weeks as we get the final details uh, on the grant itself. There are 535 elected officials in Congress, 435 members in the House and 100 in the Senate. University of Virginia and Vanderbilt University's Center for Effective Lawmaking ranks each Congress on lawmakers based on their ability to usher measures into law. For the 117th Congress, which was 2021 to 22, Senator Marco Rubio was ranked third most effective member of the Senate. Somewhat notable since Democrats control the Senate for these two years. 
Senator Rubio's 13 bills became laws signed by Democratic President Joe Biden last year. Now, the Senator noted Rubio's high ranking despite having a voting record that the Senator scores as ideologically conservative. Now, Senator Rick Scott was ranked 11th highest amongst 50 Republicans in the Senate and 34th out of all 535 members total. And in the last Congress, with House Democrats controlling the majority, Congressman Michael Waltz was ranked the 16th most effective Republican. Now moving on to state matters, the Florida Senate is proposing a $113.7 billion budget and the House is proposing a $113 billion budget. Economists predict an additional $7 billion for fiscal year 2023-24. Meanwhile, Governor DeSantis is proposing a $114.7 billion budget. Now, some bills that have passed in the House and Senate have some major price tags. For instance, Senate Bill 102, the Live Local Act, includes a $700 million tag for affordable housing. Now, House Bill 1 for education includes $209 million or more to provide vouchers for all K-12 students. Now, House and Senate Appropriations Committees meet today to further refine their budgets, which will be up for a floor vote next week. Once approved, a House and Senate Budget Conference Committee will then iron out the differences by May the 2nd a 72-hour cooling-off period before finalizing the budget by the May the 5th adjournment date. Next item. The Disaster Recovery Center at the Volusia Health Department in Daytona Beach will close this Friday, March 31st. The center opened last October with representatives from multiple agencies. While the deadline to apply for FEMA assistance was last month, businesses and other entities can still apply to the SBA for an economic injury loan on, for both hurricanes. Deadlines for economic loss loan applications is June 29th for Hurricane Ian and September the 13th for Hurricane Nicole. Next item, Volusia County's Environmental Natural Resources Advisory Committee, NRAC, will meet April the 5th at the County Administration Building in DeLand with representatives from the East Central Florida Regional Planning Council and University of Florida to discuss low-impact development. Next item, City of Daytona Beach 
is hosting a community workshop Wednesday, March 29th, 5.30 p.m. at City Hall to provide feedback on potential policies to support attainable housing through the implementation of a linkage fee study. A study was commissioned in August 2022 to determine ways new development could assist in the goal of private sector support of affordable housing. From working with developers, leveraging partnerships, and seeking alternative funding sources, the city has taken significant steps to address the shortage of affordable housing throughout the city. For more information, go to the city's website. In another matter, last week, Daytona Beach Mayor Derek Henry posted that our 82nd Bike Week was robust and there's no truth to the continued rumors that the city aims to end this tourism staple. The city welcomes next year's Bike Week. Next item, City of the Land is launching a new campaign to raise funds for homelessness prevention services and reducing panhandling in the community. The City and West Volusia Neighborhood Center will launch the Spare Change for Real Change campaign to provide people alternative ways to donate to fund homeless prevention services. Signs with a QR code on how to donate will appear in the city's area businesses and other signs will be placed at intersections where panhandling is prohibited due to safety concerns. In addition to enforcing the city's existing panhandling ordinance, police officers and neighborhood center caseworkers will assist individuals. Also, earlier this month, the Land City Commission held a workshop to review the city's strategic plans and to consider which infrastructure needs they should prioritize. And another item, at last week's Deltona City Commission meeting, I spoke with Commissioner Jody Lee regarding their commission hiring Jim Chisholm as their city manager for a one-year contract. I'm here with Deltona City Commissioner Jody Lee and Jody wanted to ask you about uh, hiring interim city manager who is now city manager Jim Chisholm. The reason why I made a motion for hiring J Jim Chisholm for a year contract was there's a couple different reasons. One, he's got the experience behind him. And two, as an interim city manager, nobody's gonna start any big stormwater projects or things like that. They're all just gonna sit because nobody's gonna start a big project knowing you might be here for a month or two and then a new manager's gonna come in. So we're gonna prolong all these projects. Before we know it, hurricane season's gonna be on. All these projects are gonna be still sitting wayside. This way we can get a jump on the ball and get some projects done. There's a lot of stormwater projects that are now already getting done. So these are things that should have been done. And also instead of spending $50,000 of taxpayer money for a handhunter firm that really don't care about our city let our city manager with all these 40 years of experience find us a assistant city manager we get to test drive them so to speak for a while 
And if they're good and we can get along with them, then we can just move that person up to city manager when our when Jim, Mr. Jism retires. So all around, we get stormwater projects done, and he hires us a city manager, a city manager that we can take that can take over his role when he retires. So it's a very easy decision for for me as a commissioner, as a taxpayer that lives in the city. Now on to the elections. Candidates that have filed for office for 2024 include Senate District 7, Representative Tom Leake, for House District 28, Mormon Beach Mayor Bill Partington, House District 29, Representative Webster Barnaby, House District 30, Representative Ch Chase Tremont, for Tax Collector Will Roberts, County Council District 2, Councilman Matt Reinhart, for School Board District 2, Angela Kopnicki, for School Board District 4, Merrick Brunker, for Orange City Mayor Kelly Marks, and William Robert O'Connor, for Ormond Beach Mayor Susan Persis, for Ormond Beach City Commission Zone 3, Barbara Bonarigo, and Kristen Deaton. Next, a new segment of this show called Did You Know? First of all, Volusia County School Districts has 87 schools total. 45 of those are elementary, 12 middle schools, 11 alternative and special center schools, 9 high schools, 7 charter schools, two combination schools, and one district virtual instruction program. Also, did you know, the school district has over 61,400 students and over 7,600 employees, making it the 14th largest school district in the state. Now let's get on to today's interview with school board member Jesse Thompson. Jesse Thompson represents District 3, which is Southeast Volusia, including Edgewater, New Smyrna Beach, Oak Hill, Samsula, and part of Port Orange. She's a Taylor High School and graduate and is a lifelong Volusia native. She is Vice Chair of the Southeast Volusia Chamber's Ambassador Program and also serves on their Education Committee. Also, an active volunteer with Volusia County Schools, serving on the Student Advisory Council, District Advisory Council, and was PTA president. She holds a degree in pre-dental and attended business school at the University of South Florida. She and her husband live in New Smyrna Beach and their children attend Burns SciTech in Oak Hill. Glad to have you with us today. And I wanted to start off by saying uh, I was very happy to be at your first school board meeting a couple of months ago. And yep, so yeah. uh, I remember uh, I remember seeing you there, though. I mean, just in, you had a packed room and all. So uh, 
How are you liking the school board so far right now? Um, thanks for having me on, Jim. I feel really honored to be on here with you. I've seen some remarkable people in our community on here, so thank you for that. Um, and so far, it's been really good. I tell you, one of the best parts about it is the ability that you have on the school board to reach and make a difference in families' life individually and kind of behind the scenes. You know, we see big picture stuff in the news, but there's a lot that goes on with families and students where they just need a little direction or a little help. And so being able to really help those people pretty quickly has just been so rewarding. So I'm loving it. Well, good, good. And like I said, I, I want to commend you though. I mean, because I've been seeing you at, you know, several school board meetings since then, mm -hmm. and uh, you're doing a fine job up there. But uh, first of all, I'm hearing more about a program called U Science. Mm -hmm. And this helps students discover their interest and all and their skills, and it steers them to a uh, education and career path. Mm -hmm. And uh, what can you tell us about uh, U-Science? So it's been something that's been used um, in our schools and was the Daytona Beach Chamber of Commerce um, has funded that. And I, I think we can all say that we really appreciate that chamber and what they've done. And so, you know, back when I was in school, we had these aptitude tests. They gave what I like to say a very general idea of kind of where your skills are and what you could look at. And now with this, it's a very extensive test that can point students in a variety of directions. And it's not just doctor, lawyer, like it really breaks it down. And the questions are very in depth there. It's hours long to take it, but at the end of the day, students can have a broad idea of where their talents really lie. And so I think as a community, Volusia County, you know, we're always looking to keep our students here and it can really help steer them in the directions that we have here in our community. So it's, it's a great thing. I hope we continue to do it. I would love to see us expand this. You know, we have some middle schoolers taking it, even if they could do like a more simplified version for elementary schools, just so kids can kind of know what path they should go down. And that would really line up with our CTE programs, our career and technical education that we have. That, that is an exciting program. And Ken Phelps on chamber staff, I remember when he, uh, we showed that to me though. I mean, and I was very, very impressed and also. Oh yeah. But, uh, well, listen, I remember when the district years ago, years ago, began talking about academies. Mm -hmm. And the academies, they've come a long way. And uh, so where do they stand right now? How many do we have? And what, what are some of the examples of academies we have in our school district now? Sure. And I spoke on this to our Southeast Volusia Chamber about a month ago. We have 22 separate ones now and we continue to grow. I love our academies. I wish I'd had access to these academies when I was, you know, in school. And for example, um, I mean, you can go on the Volusia County Schools website and see all of the academies or you can narrow it down by individual high schools, which I think is great because you can now fill out a variance in high school. And there's a lot of students that go to a particular high school based on the academy that fits their educational needs. Um, we have our finance academies, you know, we have um, communications academies, criminal justice academies, engineering academies, um, uh, our health services, our law and government academies, our teaching and education academies. So there's really many branches in our students. What's amazing is I don't know if you were at any of our school board meetings where we had the students come in and kind of give examples and show us what they're yeah. learning in their academies. Yes. Yeah, it's, it's phenomenal because kids are able to graduate through these academies, graduate high school with their certifications 
and be on a direct path to be hired on by other companies or go into trade schools and they already have this hands-on experience. So through the academies, you know, you're not just getting English and math, like you are getting English and math that's focused on what academy you're in, which is phenomenal. The real hands-on that we've given our students. And a lot of what you're talking about, though, it, it, it seems they're using more and more technology in the classroom. Yep. Which leads to my next question as far as computers, using mm -hmm. computers in the classroom. Mm -hmm. How often, to what extent are the computers being used by the students these days? Yeah, and it depends kind of what grades you're looking at and what ages you're looking at and de defining computers. I mean, you know, we have kids in labs with our 3D printers and using computers all the way down to our kids in elementary school who use computer programs to do their tests um, and have very interactive trainings. Um, so you see it from our youngest ones all the way up varying on times. I personally, and this is just as a parent's point of view, I don't enjoy young kids using computers. I think there's something to be said about pencil and paper and really writing stuff down. But at the same time, I can see the merit, especially as they get older into using computers because that society that we live in. I mean, you know, computers are such a basic part of life now that, you know, to completely take them away from kids is really setting them back. Uh, next question. Tomorrow, I'm going to a Team Volusia board meeting. Okay. Over in the land. And, uh, and it comes down to economic development. Uh-huh. And I remember here and, and I remember some good examples of businesses in the past where that school district is a very important factor in the decision making for a company to locate in any community though. And uh, what are your thoughts on that as opposed as a means to the school district and economic development? Yeah, so, and I can speak probably stronger on Southeast Volusia than anything else because I'm, you know, an ambassador on our chamber there and we're booming down here in Southeast Volusia and we have a lot of manufacturing coming our way, especially further south to the Edgewater and Oak Hill. And I think that they're looking right now at the programs we have in Volusia County and it speaks highly that we have kids who are going to have these hands-on in engineering um, courses that can lead in to these manufacturing jobs. Um, and I think you can say the same for our hospital and health too. It's a huge priority right now in the district to make sure that our students are well-educated and can see the path to jobs. You know, no parent wants their kid to graduate and then say, now what? And I think, you know, we're very advanced when it comes to that. And so if there's anyone listening who wants to bring their business to Volusia County, come on, because we are training our kids and we want them to stay local. You know, you invest over years time and money into our kids and i don't think anyone wants to see all that just go away like we want to build a better volusia and i'd like to say confidently that in volusia county schools we're doing that and our cte programs and academies are a huge part of that and you mentioned southeast volusia and something yeah. that very important to me that i've worked on back when i was with chamber and and that was uh, aerospace mm -hmm. yep. i mean I'd you know want to see more possibilities for aerospace businesses sent up here by Space Florida to oh, yeah. Volusia County, and I think Southeast Volusia is a prime prime area for for that. 
Yeah, and I think you're going to see that. And I've spoken, we were in Tallahassee all last week, and I've, I met someone um, with SpaceX months and months ago. Um, but we've talked about that, just the kind of the connection with Brevard and Southeast Volusia. Like, we're, we're right there. We're kissing cousins. And so it makes a lot of sense for them to continue to expand into areas such as Oak Hill that aren't that developed. Um, so I'm, I'm glad that our students will have those resources. And I know Volusia County Schools is continuing to partner with Embry-Riddle Aeronautical University. And that's very exciting, both for the university and our students. So we're just going to keep expanding. And, and it's something you say about SpaceX is that a lot of people don't know, but I was talking with a gentleman today, uh, President uh, Miller Lehman in Daytona Ooh. Beach. A mm -hmm. lot of products, well, number of products that they make are going into those rockets for SpaceX. Mm -hmm. And so, uh, I mean, and it's helping us with jobs here. But, uh, and, and you said you were in Tallahassee, what, last week? Oh, yeah. Yeah, last week I went up uh, Tuesday morning. I came home Friday afternoon. Leads to my next question. Anything is for the legislature that's uh, on the school district's uh, radar screen right now? Yeah, so I think a big one that we've all probably heard, if you've watched the news, read the newspaper, talked to anyone at the school district, is House Bill 1. Um, and that passed uh, while I was there. Our own Chase Tremont spoke for the first time on the House floor in reference to that, um, which was special to see because we all know Chase and um, we're glad he's up there. But House Bill 1 passed. And so now it's going on to the governor's desk. And, you know, that's giving school choice options to parents. And I've heard both sides on it, people for it and people against it. And I think there's a lot of misconceptions. So I really urge people to read the bill because they are putting safeguards in place a huge thing I've heard from people is they're worried that, that parents are just going to get handed this pot full of money and you'll have all these kids leave public schools and then parents will abuse that and kids are just going to sit at home. And I think it's important for people to know that money is going to go into an account that can be used for education and not just a check to people. Um, so that's what we're seeing. Um, we're seeing House Bill 1223, um, which is going to continue on um, to education and there's a lot of controversy about that one because there's it's limiting what teachers can say um, in the classroom as far as sexual orientation and it's expanding it from K3 to K8. So that's one to watch. And I really urge people to go out and read the bills before they make any assumptions or form opinions on it, because I think we get caught up in what the media says about different bills and don't actually go and do our own investigations. So those are the two hot topics I've been hearing from people about. But when I was in Tallahassee, HB1 was the main topic. One thing, let me add to keep an eye on, hopefully hopefully this year we'll have be in good shape, is uh, I remember in the past, the funding as it relates to the budget. Yep, yep. And so hopefully, you know, we'll, we'll get a good return from Tallahassee this, this you know, coming session and all. Looks like we, we may, but that said, um, any closing remarks that you could, uh, that you can share with us, so Jesse? Um, I would encourage people to start preparing for next year, whether that means your child's going on to college or whether that means your child's looking to high school programs and academies. We have our variances for schools. And I've said before, education is not a one size fits all option. And so I really encourage parents now is a really big time for uh, freedom in education. So if your kids want a specific something out of life, if they're into nursing 
or if they're into finance, um, know that they have options. Look around on the Volusia County Schools website and really make sure that your kids are getting the best possible education because once HB1 passes, I mean, parents really do have the freedom. Well, good, good. Jesse, thank you for joining me today. And uh, hey, look forward to talking with you more so in the future and good luck at future school board meetings. Thank you so much, Jim, and thanks for having me on. Thank you. Bye-bye. Thank you for being with us today, Jesse. And now for closing remarks. Again, I'd like to thank Jesse Thompson for joining us today. And I want to announce that as of this minute, the U.S. debt stands at $31.6 trillion compared to last week's $31.5 trillion. Now, look for a new podcast episode to be released next week, and the views expressed on this podcast may or may not necessarily express the opinions of Jim Cameron Consulting. And for more news, check out my newsletter, which is emailed each month. And if you're not receiving it, please call me at 566-2140. And if I miss your call and not return it in eight business hours, I'll pay you $1,000. And listen for my seven-minute legislative recap broadcast this Friday, March 31st, where I'll focus on bills in the Florida House and Senate. Also, I'd like to get your feedback on these podcasts, so please complete the attached survey. I'd appreciate your input. And before I close, you heard me mention panhandling in different cities. So I'm saying again that if you really want to help someone in need, Give an extra dollar or two or three to your waiter or waitress or that delivery driver or that person behind the counter. I mean, come on, at least they're trying. And some of them are working two or three jobs just to make ends meet. And many of them have kids at home who they're trying to house, feed, and clothe. So help them. This is Jim Cameron signing off, saying peace, love, and roll tide.